You know, we're all getting older, but are we getting any better? We'll find out how you can get more out of every moment on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Sanders, and I want to thank you for being here today. I also want to remind you that if you like this podcast and you want to add more positivity to your day, you can actually do that anytime by visiting our website, that's at livehappy.com, or by getting the latest issue of Live Happy magazine at your favorite local newsstand or bookstore. This week, we've got a show that's for everyone who wants to know how to age better which is probably all of us. We'll be talking with Thomas Moore, author of the new book, Ageless Soul, about how to live a full life. You know, most of us talk about wanting to live a long, healthy, happy life, but Thomas teaches us that that long, happy life actually begins in our youth and how you can add richness to your life no matter where you are on that journey. So join us now as we talk with Thomas about what it means to live a full life and how you can start doing that today. Thomas Moore, we are excited to have you here as we uh, tackle once again the topic of aging, something that uh, relates to all of us because we all do it uh, in some form or another. And, and, and one thing that that uh, we try to do is frame the idea of aging well a little bit differently than uh, the, your, your average person does. And I know you do that as well because, you know, a lot of folks when they talk about, oh, well, that person has aged well, they're talking about how they look or the fact that they're, you know, still fit and they're out being active and those sorts of things. But you go beyond that talking about the soulful sense. Can, can you explain what aging well uh, really means to you? Uh, yes, uh, the main uh, part of it, I mean, there are many, many aspects of aging well, but for me, the main thing is that you, uh, when you age well, you really age. You don't just grow in years. You don't just add more numbers to your your age to say <laughs> right. how old you are. Uh, what you do is you become more of a person, more human, and you also become more of an individual, more yourself. That's the way I've been seeing it, that aging means that you actually proactively do something. And um, in my view, it takes two things. The first thing is that you, you say yes to the invitations that life presents. So that means that when, when you get an opportunity to make a change in your life or to do something special, you do it. You, really, you accept the challenge of it. Hmm. And the second thing to me is that you process or reflect on the experiences that you've had. That can also aid you well. Because the, for many, many people have unfinished business in the past. They've had experiences that they've never really thought through. And I think what happens is that they act out those past experiences. So it's very important to reflect on them, or as I say, process them. 
Do you, do you think that's one of our biggest challenges, though, as people is looking back and, and really finding the meaning or the lessons that we can learn in our experiences? Yes, I do. I, I say that because I've been a psychotherapist for almost 40 years, and it's not my theory. I don't think that, you know, I don't look for uh, experiences in the past to explain the present. I mm-hmm. really don't. But in fact, when I talk with people, I see as the conversation goes, that we always go back to something usually quite a ways in the past, and maybe even to childhood or adolescence or early adulthood. There are experiences that we go through that are very important to us, and um, uh, sometimes we don't, uh, we don't say yes to life, we avoid life, or mm. we get into situations that are difficult and challenging, and we've never really sorted them through. And I find that a great deal of my work has to do with that. And I think that if you don't do that work, that you get stuck in that age and you can't move along. And aging means to move along to becoming a person, becoming who you, who you could be. Why do you think it's so hard to sort of shove people out of their comfort zones and, and really uh, embrace life, as, as you suggest they do? Well, it's scary. I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, I have no problem <laughs> understanding that. It's a frightening thing. If, if uh-huh. I, I, one of the examples I often give is that uh, when I was a young man, I was a monk. I, I went to the religious community. And when I got to be, uh, well, I was in it for 13 years. And when I got to be uh, close to the end of it all, it just uh, dawned on me that, that whatever had influenced me or had inspired me was gone. And I had to make a leap at that point. I could have stayed with what I was doing because everybody wanted me. I would have got a lot of praise for that. But I knew that it wasn't there, so I had to make a change. And that was not easy. I think it's very scary to make a change. Mm-hmm. You feel social pressure sometimes. You don't know what what's next. You don't know what the alternative can be. There may be financial issues. You know, You may not know how you're going to make a living and take care of yourself. So there are lots of challenges, I think, to saying yes as life uh, moves ahead. And I, but I, at the same time, I do think that is what ages you in a very positive way. Well, I'm glad to hear that, uh, because as you were mentioning that, I was thinking about uh, my, some of my experiences in my life, and I grew up in, in, uh, in Nebraska, and I live in Dallas, Texas now, uh, where Live Happy is based, but uh, my family is all from Nebraska. All my friends are back from Nebraska, and here about four or five years ago, I decided to make the jump and just go go somewhere else and do something different, and now I'm really happy yeah. here and, and have met my wife here, and it's good to know that, that making those decisions like that can have a positive uh, benefit or a positive positive uh, impact on uh, your your aging process. Well, I like very much what you just said. You know, it's a good it's a good example of what I'm trying to say because by making the leap and having the courage really and generosity of spirit to go ahead. That's what I understand to be the basis of really aging as a person. What you've done then is found work and you found a relationship, a marriage. I mean, what my gosh, that's huge, you know. <laughs> yeah. When you think <laughs> That's talk about aging. I mean, that is really you are a much aged person, you know, yeah. than you were before you made that leap. So that's a wonderful example of what I'm trying to say. Now, if you had if you had been uh, sort of chicken-hearted and said, well, you know, and had come up with all kinds of good reasons why you shouldn't make the move, mm-hmm. then imagine what you would have lost. I mean, I, I know it's hard to understand what what life could have been, but. 
Imagine what you would have lost if you had uh, if you had backed away. Well, we, you and I certainly wouldn't be talking. I uh, wouldn't have connected no, with the people wouldn't. here. <laughs> uh, no, so, we wouldn't. So that's uh, definitely a benefit of, of taking those chances and and uh, living living your best life. Uh, another thing that you know when, when we talk about aging and and the the advice that we've given to people and and I don't want to say we're guilty of it because it's it's important stuff too. But but when you're talking about aging, it it, it does tend to focus on. The practical matters, you know, wh- where you live, uh, what what you're doing with your money, um, right. you know, the so, communities that you're a part in. Uh, what yeah. what are some of the things you can do to make sure you're looking after yourself uh, emotionally or spiritually? Uh, well, you know, the word I use is soul. So, how do you care for your soul as you age? You know, huh. that's that's a big question. So, uh, I would say that. Um, um, what you have to what you have to realize is that you, you, your attention has got to turn toward matters that are less literal and factual. Mm. I mean, we live in a world that is materialistic, right. and so when we think of aging, we think, well, all, you know, we want advice on how to retire and, and make most of our money. Or the other thing that everyone's talking about is health. You know, how can I avoid sickness and take care of my health as I go? Those are two very important things. I mean, I, I, I would not want to say anything against them. I, I worry about those, too. But my concern is different. It's more about your, I guess you'd say your interior life, hmm. although that's not exactly right. But your, the life of, of who you are, not just factually, but your experience, your identity, your sense of destiny. Um, you have the value of your life, uh, the, the whatever gives your life purpose and meaning and, and makes you happy and want to move forward. All of that is extremely important, maybe more important than finances and health even. Yeah. So um, if we could shift our sense of aging, I think, away from the materialistic alone and think about these other matters, I think we would then be zeroing in on what really matters when we age. Well, you use two words that get brought up a lot on this podcast and around our office and in the magazine, purpose and meaning. The more I absorb of this stuff and the more I learn and, and, and try to dive in, what I find is that purpose and meaning is really central uh, to uh, a life lived happy. And I, I kind of feel like if you can dive in and figure out what your purpose and meaning is or, or, or be more mindful of those things, a lot of that other stuff tends to take care of itself if you find your purpose and meaning well work becomes uh, a little bit easier for you or or maybe you find a job or something that that you're um, more in tune with and and makes you happier am i am i on the right track thinking that way i think you're totally on the right track i mean think of it this way too that if you're a lost soul you know if you don't know where you're headed and and not really moving along in what you feel is your destiny I think the chances are that that will translate into bad health. Hmm. You know, it's just that I don't think we usually think of it that way because we usually think of health having to do with bacteria and viruses and right. genes and things like that. Those are all material things. And the, the spiritual or the soul aspect of one's existence, your interior life, has a big impact on your health. And we know that, you know, that anxiety and... Uh, uh, they can have a, uh, a negative impact on your health, but all those other things can as well. So I do think that it's, uh, it's crucial to take care of the meaning d- dimension of your life. and uh, A sense, a bigger sense, like a transcendent sense, that's where the spiritual comes in. A transcendent sense of, 
what you're headed for, what your purpose in life is, and what you want to, to accomplish. And the soul side, which has to do with your intimate relationships, like your, your family members and people closest to you and your friends and, and where you live and taking, building a home that gives you security, all of those things make aging so much better. And I think in the long run also contribute to your good health. I, I believe so as well, and, and uh, I think it's just as important. I, I think, I hope anyway, more people are taking stock of their mental and emotional and spiritual health and the health of their soul. Um, and maybe not, but, but it would certainly help uh, the situations that we're in uh, <laughs> in the world today. One thing we, we've talked uh, to, to folks about when we talk about aging, and, and especially because there is quite the spectrum of ages that work in our offices, and that is the tension between generations. Um, mm-hmm. The company originally started uh, a magazine that was their first output, and now we've got all yeah. this new media. So you've got all these uh, print journalist people and all us new media people, right? And there's all this tension uh, between us because uh, a lot of times our gen- our younger generation, and, and I'm 31, you explain, though, that, that uh, the regard that the older generation can have for the young people and, and future generations can, can be important to their own legacy. What do you mean by yeah. that? Well, I mean that, um, that as, uh, as people get older, they have to find meaning also, and they find it difficult to do that because uh, they can't do the things they used to do or they may be retired from the career which had given them an identity and a way in which to, uh, to affect the world around them. So, uh, first of all, I'd, I'd say that we all need to have youth in us. I have a chapter in my book. uh, The book is called Ageless Soul because, you know, there's a part of us that doesn't age exactly and remains the same. And one of the things that remains the same is that we we keep our youth. Youth is always available to us. And um, old age may have started for us early on in life. I mean, you meet people who seem much older than their years. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I take these as two, what would you say, like two dimensions, two directions in anyone's life, uh, their youth and their age. Now, it, it's, it's, very, it's very good and it's wonderful if the two can work together so you can be both sort of wise and adventurous at the same time. Um, but in fact, there's a darker side to those, the presence of those two, two things in anyone, and that is that age tends to look down on youth and youth is quick to criticize age. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's inside of us. That's what I'm trying to say. It's inside of us. It's a natural kind of thing. And we have to be careful that we don't act that out so that we just get in trouble. Like if you're young, it's so easy to criticize older people or make fun of them or whatever. Yeah. And older people, it's so easy to just not think and quickly judge young people because they don't have the same values you had or don't see things the same way. It's just like a what I would call an archetypal situation. It's there from the beginning. It's there for anybody. Um, our, our job is not to act it out, to be able to be aware of what's going on to, uh, and to resist acting out that tendency be, uh, with other people. And what we can do, and I feel it in myself now, I'm 77 now, mm. and... When I meet young people, I really do my best, and it doesn't take much effort, to really love them because I love my own youth. I, I love myself when I was a young person, you know, trying so hard to do things and find my way. It was not easy. It was a struggle all the time. 
And I meet young people, and I remember my own youth, and I see it in them. And I just feel so much empathy for them. And it draws out that thing in me that can guide them and help them. So that's how the, I think these two, these two things work together. Age and youth work together. They can be very positive and a wonderful thing, or they can cause all kinds of conflict. I think the the image that keeps popping up in my mind is is I played uh, a lot of different sports in high school and I wasn't good at any of them, uh, but some of my friends were, and then they grew up. They wanted to be coaches, and and I guess if you have that mentality that you that you want to continue on with your life, but you also want to coach the younger generation or see them come up and have uh, good experiences with with something that you did, that mindset can be beneficial not only to you because you're getting something out of it, but also to to the future generations who who can learn from from, uh, the path you've already walked. Well, yes, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah, You know, the big thing there, too, is that I think when the, as an older person, if you can be of some help to the young, and I really tried to write about this a lot in this book, um, if you are able to help the young, it gives your life uh, considerable meaning when you're older. And it's one of those things you can only do when you're older. You can't mm-hmm. do it when you're young, really, very much. You know, you really, you can't sort of inspire the young when you're young. You, you can to some extent, but... I think it's much more likely and possible when you're an older person to be able to guide young people or let them benefit from your experience and what you've learned and what you have become, especially. It's not just learning in your head, but who you have become from your experience. And you can be with young people. and You not only help them, but in helping them, you make sense of your own life. And as you get older, the older you get, the better you are at that. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, one thing you mentioned uh, in, in your previous response, and, and one thing that uh, I'm many years away from thinking about, but I've, I've watched my grandparents go through it, and my parents are about to go through it, is is retirement. And you mentioned that sometimes people will wrap their identity in their jobs, and to me that sounds like an extremely dangerous thing to do at any time, especially since jobs can go away really at any moment. But especially as you get older and you're going toward retirement and Maybe that's all you've ever known in in your life. How do you suggest people approach retirement and and their life after after they've stopped working? Well, the first thing I, I recommend is that you think about your life work, not just your career and job, but your life work. What are you here for? Hmm. You know, what what? Why are you on this planet? I think that's a very good question, and that doesn't have to be spooky and super spiritual. It's just a very practical thing. Here you are, you find yourself in, in this life. What, what are you going to do? How are you going to make it count and be worthwhile? Well, that's your life work, and that's different from your career. So when you retire, it doesn't mean that your life work is over. A lot of people find that when they retire, their avocation or the things they do after they retire are the things that really give their, their lives per, uh, meaning. So, um, I, I, you know, we tend to think, quite uh, maybe quite simply that that the whole thing is about our career and being productive and being applauded for it but and have doing something big but it might be something smaller so that when people retire often they they offer some service and i have some examples in this book too of I, an example of a lawyer who a lawyer who when he finished his job as a lawyer began to help musicians young musicians uh, 
uh, get along and, and have experience and, and find their careers. And that gave, I think that gave him at least as much, if not more, meaning for his life than his job as a lawyer. So that's hmm. an example of how we have to keep our, our, uh, our minds open. I work with people in their 80s who discover work in their mid-80s that they'd never thought they'd, they'd ever have. And that gives their life a great deal of meaning, and maybe even more than what they did before. So you have to be open to what's coming, and uh, and not just shut the book and say, okay, I've retired, it's all over. I think retirement is just a change. And in some ways, it might be an opportunity then to focus more directly on really who you are and how you can make sense of your life. And there's all kinds of opportunities for that. I'm thinking of uh, the uh, this barber in, in my hometown. He's an old guy and, and an old school barber shop. And he had a woodworking area in the back of his shop that he just liked to go back there and kind of fiddle with. And as he was getting closer to retirement age, he found out that uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of people in town like these little, uh, like rocking chairs and rocking horse uh, things that, that he would make for, uh, that were kid sized. Um, because that's all he could make with the lumber that he had. And it, it just it brought so much joy to his life to be able to make these things for kids or make them for silent auctions or or what have you. I mean, there's the and being a part of the community still that way, uh, even though he wasn't uh, running the barbershop anymore, was was very impactful for him. Well, that's a perfect example. I wish you, I had talked to you before I wrote the book. <laughs> I would have put that one in because that is really good. It's a wonderful uh, example of what I'm trying to say that, um, that, you know, we think in big terms, we think the flashy is what is important. Now, I, I know being a barber is, you know, that's also a very soulful job. I mean, mm-hmm. talking to people all the time. And, you know, I know people, it's like talking to someone like a bartender. You know, right. You, you open up, you, yeah. You say things. You say things that, you know, you just kind of let, your, let yourself go and you say things like almost to a therapist. And, and yet, so that's a good job to have. And yet this, this man had this avocation, which turned into something even bigger than he thought it would be. It's a, that's a wonderful story. Yeah, and uh, like I said, for him, it was it was a way to, to stay connected to the community, even if uh, even if people weren't gathering at the barbershop to discuss uh, the latest news. He was still involved. That's right. Still finding meaning for his life. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it never really stops. I don't think as long as you don't let it anyway. Uh, well, Thomas Moore, we are just about out of time, but I do want to mention you've got the books uh, "Care for the Soul," "Ageless Soul," and then you've got a website, ThomasMooreSoul.com, that we want people to check out, and we're going to link it. Uh, on our page as well, but what can people find when they go to your website? Well, they find they find what I'm doing. I travel quite a bit, and right now we've been in a book tour, just going everywhere. And, Very good. Uh, and uh, I also they will also find my list of books I've written over like this. I think my 26th book, so there are a lot of books there, and they're substantial ones. So it's worth looking at that list. I think. Absolutely. And I, pre- I present a lot of my thoughts, and and just a lot of material there, and there's some films and poetry, all kinds of things. Excellent. Runs the gamut. So there's something for everyone. That's a good way to go about it, I think. That's how I, I like it that way. You know, I like to read things where there's a lot to pick and choose. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that 100%. Well, we are out of time, but uh, we I feel like we barely scratched the surface on this, and uh, aging isn't going to stop anytime soon. So we'll be looking out uh, to talk to you again here in the future. Okay. Thank you very much. If you'd like to learn more about Thomas's book, Ageless Soul, as well as his many other projects, you can visit us at livehappynow.com 
And while you're online, let us know what you thought of this podcast. You could do that on Twitter at LiveHappy or on Facebook.com slash LiveHappy or email us at podcast at LiveHappy.com. That's all we have for you today. So until next time, this is Jeff Sanders wishing you a great day and hoping that every day you live happy.